Hey everyone, it's Britta. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the why behind different cross-training exercises and why this why is important and how much you actually need to know. So we are very blessed to live in the era that we live right now and be performing artists because there is so much information available out on the internet. But I'm also totally aware that too much of a good thing can definitely be the case when we're talking about knowing about your body. Some of us know too much. So uh, let's talk about exactly why knowing the why matters and get into exactly how much education may or may not be appropriate for you and how you plan on using your brain gains. So first of all, you probably know this from just your experience in being in any lecture, seminar, webinar, workshop kind of thing and learning about just like basic anatomy and biomechanics and all of that stuff is that once you have a x-ray, a metaphorical x-ray into how your body works and functions, things make a lot more freaking sense. When you're like, oh, I had no idea why we were draining external rotation in my shoulder when I don't really care about externally rotating it. Like I don't have any foot grab goals. I only have shoulder flexion goals. And then once you learn how external rotation can help your humerus sit more comfortably and rotate more comfortably in your shoulder socket when you're reaching your arms up overhead and shoulder flexion, it makes a lot more sense. We do the exercises better because we care about them more. It increases our sense of agency as athletes. So this does get a little bit woo-woo in some ways because it helps us visualize uh, how to actually how these how this is actually going to all come together in our training and when we perform. So a lot of times, especially if we've been frustrated with hitting a plateau or being in pain or what have you, like some sort of wall in some sort of movement that you can't break through, a lot of times, and I know this sounds so like corny and like psychology, like pop psychology-esque, but a lot of times the first step in getting better at that stuff is believing that you can get better at that stuff. And that's really hard to do to just have blind faith in your body and the exercises or the coach you're working with, especially if it's a new coach, then it definitely makes sense why it would be hard to get over that hump because you don't believe in what you're doing. And I really did warn you that this was going to be a bit of a cheesy um, intro to this concept, but when you don't believe in what you're doing, you don't do it very well. And if you're not doing things very well, you're not, your exercises very well, you're probably not working at intensities that are appropriate to drive change and actually make stuff happen. So your body hears that. We need intensities and belief in our exercises that they can work. And that's why the why is so important. Um, Because of, like I was saying, the visualization factor and getting things to come together in terms of how we're interacting with the exercises, uh, like in our spirit, but also because we need to like care about it enough to like freaking do it. So 
Uh, like, for example, I don't really care that much about certain chores in our apartment. Brendan cares more about certain chores in our apartment, so he does those chores really well. I don't really care about those specific things, so I just kind of do it, like, in a very whatever fashion. Um, that's what you're doing with your exercises if they're not important to you. And they're not going to be important to you if you don't know how it's working. So the visualization aspect too, again, like I said, is like very woo-woo, but you need, like we're logical humans at heart. We need to know the steps that we're going to take to actually get better. So all of this to say though, that this is all kind of a double-edged sword. This can cause anxiety sometimes. You know too much. So when we know too much, sometimes we get the analysis paralysis thing. And we know that there's a problem with our body. And we've researched this, like we've followed people on the internet that are talking about whatever this thing is that you believe is blocking you from making progress. And then the education isn't helping us so much. And we get stuck in this sort of the same type of belief pattern, but the other side of the coin, where we know what needs to happen to move forward, but we're stuck in this, like, I need this external rotation for my shoulder flexion to get better. And I want to invite you, if you're relating to these last few sentences, to just ask yourself what would happen if you moved forward anyway. Sometimes we get a little bit too logical, uh, and I know that it is helpful to have these are the things we do, one, two, three, biomechanics. Uh, this is how we uh, make this movement happen. But I also just want you to appreciate, you know, that like old saying that like you are a masterpiece and a work of or, and a work in progress in the, at the same time. I'm going to already say that because I said it weird. You're a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. This can be true coming from a biomechanics perspective. So if you're driving home the external rotation factor on your shoulder and not training any shoulder flexion at all because you believe so freaking hard that you need to have perfect shoulder external rotation before you get into shoulder flexion at all, um, that can be really tough because then you get really great shoulder external rotation, but you haven't been bringing your body into the range that you need uh, it to be in to have you actually adapt to what you want it to do. And now you've kind of like veered off a, a lot off of the path of where you actually want to go and we get distracted. So this is uh, one of the reasons why it can be really helpful to be working with a coach uh, because that can be helpful to have a different set of eyes and an objective set of eyes to look at your training in a really clinical sense of just like, okay, um, is this, in this case, external rotation uh, really hindering us from getting into shoulder flexion? Or like, have we improved it enough that we can just like start moving forward with the shoulder flexion stuff while keeping the shoulder external rotation project going on in the back burner? I see this all the time too with folks who want to start lifting and they're like trying to body weight squat. And they're like, I need to perfect my body weight squat before I can add any load. 
And you know what? Your technique is going to keep improving the more you just keep squatting and keep practicing the movement pattern. And what's going to help you own that movement pattern more is getting under load. So that happens to a lot with cross training in the lifting aspect specifically is people get like way too wrapped up in the technique and the why behind the techniques and they forget to load themselves and they wonder why they're not getting stronger. So again, it's a spectrum, just like everything, both sides of the spectrum help us. And depending on what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go and where you're at now are all things to consider uh, when you're choosing how much detail and how much education you actually need to approach your training with. Uh, Because training is an action-oriented thing. And again, with the analysis paralysis, if we get too caught up in technique with stuff sometimes, we're blocking ourselves from actually making progress. Again, with the shoulder flexion, if we're too distracted with like the biomechanics of the humerus in the glenohumeral joint, then we're not doing any shoulder flexion. We don't get any shoulder flexion. Same with the squat. We're too distracted with the technique. We're trying to master it body weight. We forget to load. We're not going to get any stronger. We haven't taken any action towards either flexibility or strength oriented goal. So I had kind of an issue with this with my hamstring a couple of weeks ago. And I think I've shared about this uh, like a couple of times, maybe on Instagram or with my intensive students because I always like to use my body as an example that we are not perfect. Uh, But I strained my hamstring a few weeks ago, and it really sucked. It was like just something where I didn't sleep very well, and then I went into a moose stretch, a a shoulder stretch, and I just tilted my tailbone up in a way that my hamstring did not like. And I strained it. Um, And in my mind, like, I am definitely somebody who knows too much. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like my recovery sucks. This definitely happened because my nervous system is all out of whack. um, And I, I need to like really focus on my sleep. I need to really focus on rest and like bringing my resting heart rate down and making sure that I'm creating an environment where this hamstring can recover. Lo and behold, I'm not freaking sleeping very well because I'm concentrating on it too much, you know? Uh, Like, don't think about the pink elephant in the room kind of thing. Um, And additionally, I am also thinking about, okay, like, structurally speaking, what's going on with my hamstring? Like, how can I get this to be a little bit happier? And so I'm trying to implement contractile forces. I'm trying to bring my hamstring through eccentrics and all of that. And yes, it was working okay, but like it was the type of thing where I was just like expecting it to work too quickly. And it just, it just took a few days and it was kind of annoying because I am focused on flexibility right now. So it was not fun to have a strained hamstring and I love my needle scale shapes, as you know. So um, it really sucked to have to stay away from those. But I use this example or I bring you through this example because sometimes when we have a lot of education about our bodies, we get into this like, if X, then Y situation. Um, And even in this situation, like I'm factoring in nervous system variables as as well as um, my like structural uh, variables. And I'm trying to think about it like as a whole, but you know what? Like sometimes you can be doing everything right and just like something weird happens, or sometimes you can be doing everything right 
and it's just gonna take some time. And I think sometimes being educated gives us an unrealistic uh, lens for how quickly things should be working or like, oh my gosh, I know so much. Like, I know how to address this. Like, I should be able to fix this and it should be working faster. Like, especially if you are a coach, that can be really freaking tough. And I just want to acknowledge that because that is a part of the double-edged sword that comes along with being knowledgeable about your body. So all of this to say, education is a compass, not hard rules. So whenever you're looking at your training program as a whole or trying to address some sort of issue in your body and you're thinking about, okay, like, what do I know? Why do I know this as a, or like, what do I know about whatever type of training I'm trying to do? Um, and why is this important as it pertains to my goals? Um, sometimes we can get really wrapped up, like I was saying in the results and we forget to factor in like us being human and just wanting to do other stuff, like wanting to take a random workshop from somebody that, you know, is traveling through town and it not having anything to do with your goals or the the other thing, like maybe you need to um, go to a CrossFit class with your friend because that's what they're doing for their birthday because they're insane. Um, but we forget to factor in these things and we think that we're like so dialed in to this program aspect and like we forget that we have all of the programming aspect and we forget that we have all of these like very human uh, variables in our day-to-day lives that definitely affect our training load, affect how loaded our tissues are, what movement patterns we're going through, our nervous system and our recovery aspects, things like that. And um, we wonder like, okay, I've implemented this, that, and the other thing. If X, why not Y? Like, why isn't this happening? Um, Like, it's not correlating to my results. So... And then to the other thing that can happen with that, the reason that I guide people to just use training rules as a compass instead of hard rules um, is for the reasons I was just saying, is because it's going to work better if you're happier. I freaking promise. Yes, we all go through phases of like comp prep and rehearsal or this, that, or the other thing. Maybe you're on tour and working two shows a night kind of thing. Um, we all go through phases like that where it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot get a break and I'm really pushing really hard. Um, and that's okay. But in general, like most of the time, like 80% of the time, you should feel, you know, like there's space in your training for you to be a human. The reality is, is that sometimes it is going to interfere with, you know, your social life or your stress or what have you. But Um, most of the time, most of the time that should not be happening. So if you're being too hard on yourself with implementing like these educational concepts that you've learned about, just keep in mind that your nervous system is definitely a part of how your body is receiving the training input that you are stimulating it with. And the happier your nervous system and you and your spirit are, the more likely we are to 
adapt to the training stimulus that we're inputting. So how much do you really need to know? Ask yourself, am I somebody who does really well with the visualization stuff? Is this increasing my sense of agency as an athlete? Like, is this increasing my ability to implement these exercises and feel really confident and assured that these exercises are working for me and my body and my lifestyle? Because that is super important because of all the reasons that I went through at the beginning of the episode um, as it pertains to just increasing our intensities and our effort um, and getting our nervous system on board and feeling safe in the exercises. So if you're somebody though who doesn't really work that way, like you're more of an action-oriented person, you're more of a like, I don't really, like I get overwhelmed by details and I don't really need to know that much, then you probably don't need to know that much and that's totally okay. I know that it's very trendy right now to be um, like on top of your biomechanics and have uh, like a really strong sense of education with your training. And I, I really do believe that that is important. I don't, I'm not using trendy as like a bad word here, but as with all trends, it is important to ask yourself if this is for you. Um, like things can be helpful, but not helpful to everybody. So if you're somebody who, like I was saying, gets overwhelmed by this stuff, ask yourself, do I really freaking need to know everything? Or is my time and energy better spent just training? Because if you are a performer, an athlete, and that is your main trade, like you're not a coach, you probably do not need to know as much as coaches or somebody who operates really well with the details and with the biomechanics. Uh, Because yes, we want to know the why behind our exercises, but we don't want to get too far away from our actual why, like our spiritual why. You know what I mean? What I mean, if you don't know what I mean, is that when we get to, when we place too much value on the actual like step-by-step biomechanics and exercises and we're like, this will work because I know that this works and it works for everybody, Um, then we're setting ourselves up to just get really good at that thing and have like that be important to us. And I'm guessing that if you think about why you started your performing arts journey and like how you feel about performing and why for most of us, if we found out that we had like one day to live, this is the thing that we would spend our time doing. Um, it probably has little to nothing to do with how well you can externally rotate your shoulder or how well you can squat. Um, and some of us need that. Like some of us really need to remember that why versus the educational why. So if you're somebody who is feeling very frustrated by, um, these details and these things and the biomechanics and the educational factors, I invite you to just zoom out. Zoom out for a little bit because you're way too zoomed in. You're way too zoomed in on your glenohumeral joint and it's causing you to lose sight of like your actual why. Yes, we go on side quests and yes, we um, like to be educated. Like if you're if you're like me, you fucking love that shit. And like, I love anatomy and biomechanics. It gives me just like 
a sense of connection and meaning to the world and I dig it. Um, but not all of us are like that. And so if your why has more to do with your art and expressing yourself and it's more spiritual and you've gotten way away from that and now your side quest is no longer meaningful, in this case, the external rotation with the shoulder, then get more in touch with your your big why. So we have big whys and little whys, and the little whys are important, but they're not important for long periods of time in our training. Um, so in performing arts, this is the other reason uh, I'm going to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit more about the pros of being educated, because I feel like I've been kind of uh, bashing it for a little bit. And that's not my intention. I'm just trying to invite you to um, get a little bit more relaxed with it if you're feeling stressed. So this is one of the huge reasons why having an arsenal of knowledge as a performing artist is really important and it's systemic, is that we're not paid as much as NBA players or NFL players. And that sucks for a lot of reasons, but also because we're typically not as well cared for. There's just not as many resources for us as there are for LeBron James, Um, which now this is the second time I've referenced him in this podcast, uh, like in, in my podcast as a whole. I don't mean to always bring it back to LeBron James, I promise. But uh, we're not him. We don't have a team of people that specialize in, like, basketball players' feet. Um, You know, there are people in the industry, and like I said, we're very lucky to live in the era that we do because it is definitely growing in popularity to have folks that specialize in performing arts and our physical therapists that specialize in that and they can help us. Jen Crane is somebody uh, who has really changed the industry in terms of like setting the standard for how we care for performing artists. We're very lucky to have her and people like her. Um, And those people are available for the most part, you know, depending on the person and the business and all that stuff online. Um, And so they are becoming easier to reach in a sense. But they're not following us around. They're not coming to our performances. Um, and they're not waiting in the locker room for us in case we get hurt. Uh, and they can't see us at halftime. Like a physio might be able to see LeBron James at halftime. Um, not that we have a halftime, but you know what I mean? So being educated and having an arsenal of tools you can implement when stuff goes down and you can't see someone is super fucking useful. So just really basic things like knowing that if you strain some tissues or feel some sort of pinching or panic situation going on, um, structurally speaking, in your body, that the first line of defense is for you to breathe and try and relax the area. Don't guard things. We know at this point that breathing and going in through the back door to try and calm our nervous system is a really great first line of defense when things come up and we're getting feedback from our tissues. Uh, Pales rails is another great one. Our progressive angular isometric loading and our regressive angular isometric loading. This is also known as PNF stretching, uh, bringing stretched, stressed tissues through 
contractile forces, and then lengthening stimulus. Super great for addressing little flare-ups, pop-ups, things like that, um, as well as eccentrics, especially if you're hypermobile. These are all things we know or are pretty aware of at this point, that like breathing, pills, rails, eccentrics, these are all pretty good go-to tools for being in pain. But it's just like not always so easy when you're um, like in pain and trying to brainstorm and you're running out of ideas and you've tried the breathing and you've tried the pails rails and you've tried the eccentrics. Nice to have a little tool belt of other options that you can go for if those things aren't working. Um, And again, this is just important because a lot of us aren't or don't have the same resources that other professional athletes have. And it freaking sucks, but that's just how it is. So all of this to say, these are the reasons that this is important, but I also want to acknowledge that it is definitely possible to be overeducated. So if you're listening to all of this and you are looking for a takeaway, I invite you to think about, am I the type of athlete or performer that is helped by knowing more at this point in time? Because it does fluctuate. Sometimes you just got to keep the ball rolling and you can't think about it too hard. Like stuff goes away. You know what I mean? Like stuff gets better if you just kind of keep moving forward with your programming. And sometimes that is true for us. Sometimes we need to come to a screeching halt, learn a little bit more about what's going on, get some visualization aspects in our, uh, in our brain so that we can approach whatever we're trying to break through, whether it's pain or Um, just like a plateau in our range of motion or our strength um, and get really detailed about it, pull back the arrow of your bow and then get really targeted with your intention because now you're armed with education. So don't get stuck in analysis paralysis if it's not necessary. Uh, You don't always need to know the most. It's totally fine. All of us have very different careers. Some of us are mainly performing artists and coach a little bit. Some of us are performing artists and don't coach at all. Some of us are coaches who perform sometimes. And all of that, in addition to what type of person we are and how we think about and interact with our training in our brain, contributes to how much we need to know. All right, y'all. Hope this was helpful. I will catch you in the next episode.